Great to have your company for the moments that mattered. Round nine of the Hungry Jacks NBL is now done and dusted. And oh my goodness, we have got a lot to talk about. I'm Jack Heron, Derek Rucker at Nissan Arena. I'm back, of course, at NBL HQ. Let's start with the Cairns Taipans Ruck. Now, on this show, we get criticised a little bit by Taipans fans who say, give us some love. Today, we start with them and they get all of the flowers. That's a massive win today over Melbourne United. Well, first of all, big shout out to Coach Adam Ford for showing the courage to put some guys on the bench and make a change in a big game on the road against the best team in the competition. So kudos to him, and boy, did it pay off dividends, Jack. They got a great, a great contribution from Josh Roberts off the bench, and that was a game-winning performance. And you know what? You can just never tell what's going to happen and, you know, now they're right back in the hunt and they got a chance to make some noise for a play-in position. Josh Roberts starts, Jonah Antonio starts, and to be honest, it just felt like Cairns came out of the blocks and Melbourne didn't. Well, someone told me 30 years ago, Jack, it's not who you play, it's when you play them, and that was the case today. Cairns were wounded after Friday night's mm. disappointment against the Bullets, and I think they showed the type of resolve, the type of energy and finally, Jack, they got their offense going and they were able to put up some points against one of the best defensive teams in the competition. And that's a really good point you raised too for the Taipans and the way that they bounced back. That was, that was a little below par on Friday night, but today's win was full of substance. It was, and now they can kind of relax, recuperate, and see what they really want to do with their lineups going forward. Perhaps this was just a one-off that paid dividends today, or is this going to be a more permanent change that is going to be a lasting thing where they feel like this is going to be the catalyst to really drive them up the ladder? What about Melbourne United? First game after the fever break. Any concerns there? It happens. You know, they're trying to get Matthew Delvadova back into the lineup. So it's not a big concern. You know, they played with fire before the FIBA break and letting Sydney get out to a big lead against them down in Melbourne. And today, you know, they paid the price for not being sharp enough, but they're still on top of the ladder. There's some teams making some noise right under them, but no need to panic there. One team not making any noise after the weekend or the noise that they were making were the wrong noises, and that's the Adelaide 36ers. Rucker, I think they're an enormous story right now. The two performances this weekend have been well below par. The performance against Tasmania, to be totally frank, was horrific yesterday. And then all the talk now is about travel and schedule and that sort of thing. Let's put that aside for a second. Just talk about the performances firstly. And what did you see? I just thought they looked really listless. It wasn't too bad in the first game, but I thought once they dropped that game at New Zealand, it was like it was all too much for them. And I kind of anticipated a thrashing at the hands of uh, Tasmania. And that's exactly what they got, Jack, and it's what they deserve. You got to come out there ready to play basketball no matter where you're playing, whether it's just a pickup game, you're a highly paid professional, whatever the scenario, whatever the scenario is, you have a responsibility as a hooper to come out there and respect the game, and they didn't do that. Jack, let's go back to the travel thing. Yeah. If they were so tired, they could have actually stayed at the hotel a little bit longer, got some more sleep, and just roll the balls out and play and still produce more than 59 points. I can guarantee you of that. Here's a little bit of what DJ Vasilievich and coach CJ Bruton had to say post-game last night. To piggyback off the travel, that's poorly done by the NBL in all honesty. Like, 
mean, I played in college. I played everywhere. Like, this was probably the worst road trip I've had in a long time. If we want to do this type of road trip, I would have loved to play tomorrow. You know, give us two days to recover, but hey, it is what it is. So there you go. Travel on the agenda. You've played in this league and you've been around this league for a very long time, Ruck. What do you think about those comments? I think Perth says hello. And Cairns? And New Zealand? And Townsville back in the day, you know? This is the way it is. It's not like it's a potluck schedule where you go in and pick out two teams for the next road trip and you find out a week before. You gotta make the plans. And if they're saying, hey, the NBL didn't help us in that regard, okay, well, you know what? Everyone just gotta do better. You gotta play better. But ultimately, Jack, after you get your butt kicked like that, the last thing you need to be making is any type of accusations or point your finger anywhere else except at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, and I think whether that was a diversion tactic from CJ Bruton or, or whatever it was, I don't think that's what we should be talking about after this weekend for Adelaide. It's not about their travel schedule. It should be all about the performances, shouldn't it? Well, Jack, that's true, but I'm also confused about what is their short-term plan? What are they trying to do? They still have an import spot that is unfulfilled, okay? Why is there not something going on there? Are there financial considerations that must be taken into account? And if that's the case, I respect it. You don't want to spend any money, but then you're kind of letting down your basketball community. Those people that put money into your program to make it work, they've got some things to figure out. And look, as we have seen this round, no one is that far away from having a difference, having an impact in this competition. They got to use this week. They've got, I think, three straight weekends of single games only. They got to make it work and they got to get themselves up off the deck and play basketball with pride. Does it put CJ Bruton back under pressure? Probably somewhat, but I think CJ, I don't think people should be going after him about his coaching ability. He's shown the ability and the, and the talent to be a good coach in this league. The key is whether or not he's lost his locker room, which can happen in instances like this. But CJ's been around enough. He's a really good person. I think he can pull this team up the ladder again. Let's go back to Friday night. I think one of the games of the season was the Perth Wildcats and the Sydney Kings. Great exhibition of basketball here in the league. That's now six in a row for the Wildcats. Now, I can remember someone saying only a couple of weeks ago on the NBL Now Roundtable Editions, someone, that being you, said that the Wildcats may in fact be playing better basketball than Melbourne. Right now, you look like a genius. Yeah, and some of those morons that went on to the Instagram post and absolutely slayed me, where are you now? I kind of spend a lot of time in this. Matter of fact, I got a, I got a notification from the NBL Plus app the other day. It said, get a life, okay? <laughs> so I put a lot of research and time into what I'm doing, and the Perth Wildcats are led by a quality coach. He's a basketball mind. It really matters to him, and he's a good person. He's made the changes. We saw him do this last year, and it got the Red Army back to where they were in a happy position. And guess what, Jack? They're 8-5 and five on a six-game winning streak, and they have the MVP. Make no mistake, it's not Chris Golding. It's not Allen Williams. Stop. Bryce Cotton is the MVP leader right now, and Bryce Cotton will win the MVP market. I've called him the benchmark for a number of years. There's a reason that he is the benchmark, and we saw it on Friday night. This is Bryce's league. That, he was phenomenal. There's no other way to describe it. 
I was watching that game at a restaurant with Alice Kunick and a couple of friends up in Cairns. We were outdoors. It was about 43 degrees. It was either the game was going to end or I was going to melt first. But if I did melt, it was a beautiful way to go out. Bryce Cotton put on a performance that had me in awe, not only as a former player, but as a, as a fan. If you don't enjoy watching this guy play basketball, I don't know what to tell you. He is a superstar in this league. And when things were tough, Jack, he said, yo, this is on me. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to lead this team out of this trough. And that's where they are. They are rolling. What about the Wildcats now? I mean, there's been some discussion, Derek, that it was Melbourne and then a gap from everyone else. But Melbourne lose this weekend. Sydney lose on Friday night to Perth. Where have you got yep. the Wildcats right now? The thing that the Wildcats have is athleticism and length up front. And you know who else is playing well now? Keanu Pender. Yep. He's found his way into that lineup. He's figured out a way to be productive. He's still a little bit more reckless and wild than I would like to see him be. But right now, it's not costing them games. He's doing a really good job. I thought he did a good job of providing energy. He was athletic the other night against Sydney, and I thought he kind of wore them down. And he was also... Um, I thought just really smart with some of his decision-making down the stretch. You're standing at Nissan Arena right now. The Illawarra Hawks just went down. We'll get to them in a few moments' time. But the Brisbane Bullets, two wins for the weekend. Both of them they closed out. And have they put a few of these fourth-quarter demons to bed? <laughs> you said closed out. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's generous. And I talked to Coach uh, Greg Vanderjack after the game, and he's like, hey, we're taking them any way we can at the moment. <laughs> because I would hardly say they close those games out convincingly. But as we know, you're going to take these wins any way you can get them. And they were ugly wins. And this was a real danger game and one that had the potential to really derail them had they lost it. But now Justin Schuler can take these two less than pretty victories and build something this week and really hone on what they're going to do down the stretch. Because again, they had some real quiet patches in that fourth quarter. But, Jack, when they're good, they're one of the best teams in the league, and they have shown time and time again in the first eight rounds of this competition that they can hang with anyone. What's going on with Nathan Sobey at the moment? Is he not seeing the ball enough? Is he gone a little cold? He, he's certainly not in the same rich vein of form that he was in the first six rounds of the season. I have a feeling his body may be a bit worn out despite coming off of a break. He put a lot of physical energy into the early rounds of the season, especially when they were struggling, especially when they didn't have Aaron Baines. I would say another week or two, and you'll see Nathan back up to his best. However, I don't think he's going to get the usage as he, that he's been used to over previous years because the Bullets lineup is different. Aaron Baines doesn't play as much as he probably would have thought he would have been coming into this season. This whole Bullets thing is different, and now Nathan and Aaron and a few others have to adjust to the different composition and makeup of Justin Schuler's lineups. We've given Illawarra some kickings on this show across the season. In fact, most people have. Um, yeah. What are you seeing? There certainly seems to be more positivity, albeit they came up a little short today. They did, Jack, and I gave them an F at the uh, FIBA break on NBL Now episodes, and I thought that was justified. I've quickly upgraded them to a C-. I like what Justin Tatum is doing. He's got them playing with a lot of energy. This was a very good performance against a team that's been playing good basketball. And 
He used some different strategies, mm -hmm. and I always maintain, if you don't have the talent, you've got to think outside the box. You've got to take risk, and I thought he was taking the right type of risk. They had the ball with a chance to win. They had control of their own destiny at the end of this game. Unfortunately, Gary Clark didn't get it done, but now in the second half of the season, Jack, there's plenty to take away from this performance and their win in New Zealand that was positive, and they can cause some problems. They can play a real significant spoiler role. Let's finish up with thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs down, as we always do. Let's start with the thumbs down, the negative. Where does it go this weekend? This is a weird one. This is a weird one, Jack. I'm giving it to two of our colleagues, Felix Von Hoff and Leonard Copeland. Guys, you don't take off-air comments, off-the-record comments, and then throw them on live TV in my face, in <laughs> Olgan's face. You don't do that. That's not cool. So Felix Von Hoff, Felix Von Hoff, your thumbs down. Copes, you're double thumbs down because you violated the code. Now with the teams, of course, Jack, it's Adelaide. Adelaide got to figure out a way. Look, it was a tough road trip. We all know that, but that's no excuse. Go out, get your, get your stuff together. Now let's come back and play better basketball. And the leaders in that group, you got to lead. Yeah, I, I can't find another one that's more worthy of a thumbs down than the Adelaide 36s. I'll agree with you on that one. What about thumbs up? Thumbs up. I think it's the Brisbane Bullets right here in Nissan Arena. Look, it wasn't pretty, but the ultimate objective was achieved. Get two W's. And now that W up in Cairns, Jack, carries a lot more weight because we see what Kansas high end looks like. They can go on the road and pretty much dominate the mm. best team in the competition. So for Brisbane to have dominated them for three quarters of that game, remember, at the 8.36 mark up in Cairns, Brisbane were ahead 74-54. We rarely see that type of dominance in this competition now. So I think Cairns and Brisbane are well poised, especially if you look at some of their advanced metrics. I think both of those teams are going to make a run soon. I think the obvious thumbs up for me is Bryce Cotton, but we've sung his praises enough already on this show. I want to give it a little thumbs up to Josh Roberts. I think what he did today for Cairns was phenomenal. This is a guy as an import, Derek, who's playing five, six minutes a game maximum, starts today against the team on top of the table and has a massive impact. That's great. But we saw that start to happen Friday night up in Cairns. Adam Ford brought him into the game late to change the momentum, to change the speed of the game up. And Josh did a really good job. Now, he had a couple of opportunities late in that game that he didn't quite mm. seize the way he wanted, but I thought his net impact on the game was positive, and it was enough for Coach Adam Ford to say, yo, my man, you got to get out here and help us win down in Melbourne. And unfortunately for Sam Wardenberg, he may be taking a back seat as we come down the back half of this season if Josh Roberts can go out there and handle his business the way he did in Melbourne. That win from Cairns today is one of the biggest stories of the season. As always, we break it down for you each and every week on the Moments That Matter. Ruck, stay safe, and I'll see you in Sydney next Sunday. All right, Jack, I look forward to it. Always a pleasure to work with you. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time on the Moments That Matter.